0: everybody, welcome back to another episode. It's been a little minute and this is extra special. I'm joined by my lovely friend Ryan again and about a year ago we started talking and we were heavily talking about the Free Britney movement and the conservatorship and not a lot of people my end, you know, there's a little bit of movement, a bit of groundswell about it, but now I think everybody knows what the Free Britney movement is, which is good. And uh, I thought, who better to bring us up to speed than you? So I sent you a message this morning because I was excited because I thought that her father had stepped down but as we've just been discussing that like we said we won't believe it till we till we actually see it so I thought maybe for people who aren't as heavily embedded in it as you are perhaps maybe we should give like a little overview of where are we at now
1: yeah well thank you so much for having me back on yeah it's been like a year and so much has happened since then um Oh boy. As far as up to speed, you know, I guess really the most recent thing, um, is a few weeks back Brittany's attorney that she actually chose herself. She picked him. (laughs) Ingham is out the court appointed attorney that she never picked actually her father picked, but that's a Mm. whole other thing. Um, he is out and now she's got this new guy, Matthew Rosengard in. And a few weeks ago, he filed a petition basically being like, hey, we're supposed to have this September 29th hearing to discuss James's status, Brittany's father as conservator of her estate. Um, that's not fast enough. We need to do this sooner. And in the, if you can't do a hearing faster, in the very least, you need to suspend James right now. Um, and then James's side kind of combated that and was just like, no, no, James has been fine, blah, blah, blah. And the judge denied to expedite the hearing. So it is still scheduled technically to happen on September 29th. Now, according to the filing that James and his attorneys filed just the other day, Hmm. apparently we are supposed to anticipate James leaving because that's what they insinuated. They're like, even though James was perfect, he didn't do anything wrong. According to them, we he has agreed to step down. But we're not, you know, like, basically, they're not going to do it anytime soon. So that's what they're saying. But like you
0: said, we will believe it when we see it. It seems like a massive delay tactic to me, you know, like, absolutely, let's let's keep all parties kind of, you know, let's just soothe everybody and play nice. But actually, I think they're percolating an actual like a game plan. Yeah, and how perfect that um, they get to release this to the press.
1: And now you've got a bunch of people thinking that the conservatorship is over Oh, Britney's free now because her dad's leaving. Well, yeah. he hasn't officially yet left yet and she will still be in a conservatorship even after he leaves. Yeah, so let's explain yeah. that.
0: So what does it mean? So just because her father steps down, then what are the next steps for Britney? <laughs> you know, that's
1: the, that's the big question. So we do know from Britney's uh, testimony that she wants the conservatorship to end. But with the very, like, very clear caveat of I refuse to be evaluated. I have d- been evaluated enough by you people. It Like, it just messes me up more. It tr- it's traumatizing. It doesn't help. And I, I want this done, but I'm not going to be evaluated. I'm just not. And so there is a theory, um, and I think it does track. Now, keep in mind, I really don't trust anyone, um, but I, I will say that, it does track a bit um, this idea that uh, when James, the, the theory is, is that when James leaves, Rosengard wants to put in a CPA whose name is Jason Rubin. And so he's a CPA and he also um, has a lot of forensic experience with finances in particular to states and estates and trust. And so some of us think that the, the kind of the strategy behind that is, is get James out put this forensic CPA in so that he, he can be conservator of the state and he will now have access to all of Brittany's finances. And then he'll be able to find all the dirty dealings, all the money that was sent here or there, or whatever, you know? And so I, I think maybe if he does that, then maybe they'll be able to show just how fraudulent this entire thing was and be able to void the entire conservatorship. I don't know that for sure. That's just a strategy that is a potential strategy is happening. Mm. Um, you know, but then some of us are worried, are they just not going to end it? Are they just going to make her feel cozy? Like, oh, your dad's gone. Things are great now, Brittany, and just keep her in this.
0: Yeah. that's shuffle some paper. <laughs> Well, it's just it's like mm-hmm. shuffle some paperwork around and, and do a little bit here, but you'll still be in the system and things will still, you know, just move things around, essentially. I guess maybe we should shift to, let's talk about Brittany's Instagram so when you and I were talking we we were like trying to look at clues we were looking at the roses and her spiritual side and now that she has some access to her actual own I, I was shocked when she said you know she's just got her first iPad like you know her kids had had one but she referenced that mm. she hadn't actually had one so I think it's really interesting to look at the social media so one from her point of view and then this like so it was from from her it's been interesting for me to watch like celebrities and, and just interesting things. Cause I'm like, but they've known about it for so long. Like I'm really in two minds about it. So let's dive into that. So, I mean, I love that Britney posted her free Brittany, <laughs> someone's the free Brittany flag the other day.
1: And I was like, yeah. Um, you know, I actually have believed for quite a while that Britney has access to her Instagram. um, I know a lot of people think that maybe now she has more access after the testimony. Um, but for me, I just think that she's always been a part of it. Yeah. Uh, every source that we've ever talked to, whether they are on team con or whether they are free Britney, they have all said that Britney provides the content and that, essentially like a team decides what's f- finally posted but Brittany is providing that okay. content um and I think it's really important that we don't take that away from her um I know it's not a popular opinion a lot of people just want to think that she has nothing to do with their Instagram and I get I understand the mentality behind that because
0: yeah.
1: you know they haven't let her have
0: access or have so much input on her own life why would they let her do her Instagram um well, I guess it's more the idea I guess I was thinking it was more like um supervised or sort of, you know, checked over before it was yeah. posted. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of always the impression I got too,
1: um, which I think is pretty standard for most celebrities, honestly. Yeah.
0: To have a publicist usually checking what what goes out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know a lot of people think a lot of so much of the content is ads, but I just don't see how a company would be satisfied with some of these quote unquote ads. Um, mm. You also legally have to do hashtag ads. So I don't really know how they would navigate that and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that the Instagram has been a um, huge outlet for Brittany, you know? And so, and I, I feel really grateful that it's there to have um, some kind of insight, even if it's just, you know, happiness and whatnot.
0: Yeah, exactly. And she, but I, I just, the whole tone of her, her Instagram really changed. You know, like she was writing a lot more. So I thought that was interesting. But what do you she think about She definitely got sassier after yeah. the court hearing. It, the- it was like
1: it was said now. It's out. They can't hide it. It's it's totally out there, you know. So I think Yeah.
0: It, to me it was like she was got reclaiming a lot more bold. Yeah, like reclaiming some of her voice a little bit, you know, even mm-hmm. even incrementally if she has to crawl that back into her own sort of existence. But what mm-hmm. do you feel about all the celebrity thing? I mean, obviously That's what gave it such a huge moment. I know, but I have mixed feelings on it too. And and depending on, and obviously we're just speculating and talking and this is just our opinions. But I was kind of like, I always wonder like from what motivation are these people doing it from who have known about it for years? What do you mean? Like the people who are speaking out now? Well, yeah, like I think like Justin Timberlake and everyone, it's like, is it because, is it a result of her testimony and people didn't realise how bad it was? Or is it because they were just like, living in denial and were completely oblivious to what she was kind of going through. I'd be curious to know what you think of that.
1: Um, You know, maybe there's some of that. I think most of the celebrities knew. I think this was a very open secret in Hollywood. And we've heard this again and again, right? Like we heard this with the Weinstein case. Seems like everyone knew everyone knew, but yet people didn't say anything. I think this is one of those situations. Um, You know, especially since now so many people are speaking now, it's like, really? So you just kept this quiet this whole time? And I guess I'm not like, I don't know what they would have done. I'm not saying like, that's good or bad. Um, It's just, it is a bit like, really? Like, why wasn't anything, even if it wasn't so directly said, why wasn't this brought up at all? And I just... And how many of you continued to work with her? How many of you continued to put, promote things and do all this? And it just it's just, um, I don't hopefully, know, I don't yeah. really have much time for the celebrities, if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah,
0: no, and hopefully the culture of that changes, you know, like that's the only takeout I can have from this that hopefully it shifts into wow. a different realm. So you and I have said the whole way through this that it's not just about Britney Spears, but she is a great figurehead for change and for movement. So let's talk a little bit about... The
1: movement. You know, there was a recent post on Brittany's Instagram, um, that I really keep kind of thinking about. Um, it was, it was pretty recent that she said something along the lines of, I like hearing other people's stories because it makes me feel less alone. Um, I think she was specifically talking about like social anxiety and like anxiety and whatnot. Um, And, you know, and I think back to her testimony, too, where she talked about, like, you know, we can say all day that conservatorships are supposed to help people. I'm not quoting her directly, but, you know, she's like, you know, we can say all we want that conservatorships are supposed to help. But there are thousands of cases of conservatorship abuse. And I just thought that was really amazing that here is a moment for Brittany to speak about her life, the things that have happened to her. This is her court hearing. And she took the time to talk about how this is happening to other people as well. And sometimes, even though the Free Britney movement does mention that, I think sometimes it's kind of said as a throwaway comment at times. Um, there are a lot of people who are really only here just because of Britney. You know, people say again, and again, I'm just here for Britney. I'm just here for Britney. And um, I understand Britney is why so many of us got interested in this. Like, let's be honest. of course, Most of us wouldn't be here, you know, if it wasn't for Britney. Um, but I just think about so much of I know I just think about what I've learned throughout this time of being involved in this movement. And it's just really it cannot be emphasized enough that this is way beyond Britney. This whole thing didn't happen just because uh, Lou Taylor and James Spears decided to conspire something. They are not masterminds. This was a system ready and waiting for it to be abused. And they used it fully. They didn't come up with the probate courts. They were there because we as a society have communicated very clearly that we do not care about disabled people. We don't care about elderly people. And that's why this is here. And I think if we really want to help Brittany, we've got to tear down these systems completely.
0: Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit? You've been posting a lot about um, the disability poverty. I found that fascinating to dive into, obviously looking at an Australian perspective and obviously globally. So can you explain a little bit about that? I think we can go into that.
1: Um, you know, and I'm not the best person to talk about this, but I do have just some experience because um, I would help with some of my clients. Um, we, My company was rep payee for a lot of our clients. So that means that we were responsible for helping, um, you know, make sure that they got their monthly benefits and a lot getting their money figured out and whatnot. Um, being a rep payee is also another alternative to a conservatorship. Just going to throw that out there. But- I It's just like representation payee. So it's just kind of like you are legally allowed to accept their benefits because you have been designated as a responsible party to help keep their money somewhere. Um, So I had familiar with like familiarity with helping clients keep their benefits up and whatnot. Um, But in the United States, we have something called SSI, which is Supplemental Security Income. We also have SSDI, which is more specific for um, like disabilities. There are people who are on both, but for the, the, the sake of this conversation, we'll just talk about SSI because there is an act going on right now in the United States called the SSI Restoration Act. And basic, basically what they're asking for is saying the this model of how people are given supplemental security income. This is for people who cannot work or maybe they can work a little bit, but it's supposed to be money to help them be able to survive because they are disabled. They need extra help. And so. Right, the, the requirement of it is supposed to be that it's supposed to be at poverty level. The money that they get brings them to poverty level, which really is despicable in and of itself that that's literally what the disabled community is asking for is, hey, just have us be at poverty level. But it's not even at that right now it's significantly below poverty level. So this is why you also get so many people who are disabled end up being put in prisons or being homeless or whatnot, because they ser- just can't pay their bills. And, you know, in the United States, there really isn't a social safety net. There, there just isn't. You're you're really, it's dog eat dog. You're out for yourself. And if you don't have a family there to cover for you, you're you're pretty screwed. And mm-hmm. so this whole idea is supposed to help people, but they're not paying them so like it's what people will get in benefits for SSI isn't enough to even cover a fraction of rent rent mar- market prices so it just is this restoration act is trying to bring it up to the poverty up, up to the poverty level and they're also trying to adjust some of these things of how like you um a lot of disabled people don't get married because they're only with SSI they're only allowed to keep 2,000 in their bank if they get married they're only allowed to keep 3,000 So that like cuts it a lot. So just by that, it makes a lot of people not get married because if they get married, they'll lose their benefits, you know, which brings in a whole other level of like Mm -hmm. we're not we're stopping people from getting married and whatnot, which I also don't think is a mistake um, because this goes back to old eugenic laws of not wanting people to get married so that their offspring can be validated, uh, you know, and also being married helps protect people from conservatorships. Because now you are in a legal contract and you've got a spouse to, to get around. And that's a lot harder to undo than if somebody's just yep. single. Mm. That was kind of a caveat. But basically, um, the SSI Restoration Act is just trying to bring up that money so the disabled people can just have live. Have it. Basically.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And do you think a lot of people are aware of that? Like in the United States? Like is that something that No. It- yeah. Okay.
1: No. People that no, not at all. The only reason I'm familiar with this is because of my work environment and because I experienced this with my father when he was dying of ALS, um, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Uh, it was there I really, really saw how messed up this system was. Because my father was not a, a rich man; he really didn't have much. But according to SSI, he was too rich to be able to give money to him. Never mind that you know he could not work anymore; he could barely speak. He could he you couldn't do anything and Basically, what I learned is that the government's trying to make people be like legal thieves with this stuff. Like I was recommended to help get my father on Medicaid that we should drain his assets so that he could qualify. So basically, you're asking people to become poor so that they can qualify for benefits. Yeah, so like backwards. it just, yeah,
0: it's yeah, really it messed like up. Any but sense. It, it's, yeah. people don't know. They definitely don't know. And do you think that, you know, like once all these... The trial with Brittany is kind of over and done with eventually. Do you think one that will bring more attention to conservatorship laws and looking at that within the context of the United States? Or, and do you think that she would become an advocate for something like that, or do you think she would step away and leave it completely?
1: I don't know if she would become an advocate. I, I have no idea about that. Um, but I will say this case 100% is going to impact um, guardianships. And I think that's what's really at stake here beyond just losing the golden goose that is britney it's uncovering something that's really rotten um i think that's what they're really scared of too is that this case being used as precedent to help end other conservatorships um britney accelerated this topic uh i i noticed that this topic the discussion of conservatorships what are we going to do about them how like this is starting to be, there's some heat on these that was happening before I left the United States. And it was particularly after there was a case, um, with a woman named Jenny hatch and her parents put her in a guardianship and she fought it and was able to get out. She chose to do supportive decision-making as an alternative. Um, and after that case happened, it really impacted so many group homes in the United States. I know my company, we had to change so much after that case. Wow. Um, and yeah so of course these cases all do impact each other I think like, that's absolutely yeah.
0: and I think it's important to hear because you can kind of just be like well what happens like what change does happen like does action you know actually get put into um, into any type of momentum so it is positive to hear that for sure you got some yeah. big problems like, well let's talk frankly. about our guardianship problems let's because people yeah. don't know so we call it guardianship so I didn't even know what that was okay until my parents mm. okay so both my parents, as you know, they have passed away. So my, my dad will be two years and mum's four. And it was the first time I'd heard. I was like signing this piece of paper giving me health guardianship. So that's a specific type of guardianship. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where as opposed to my brother, I think with my dad had guardianship it was kind of divided into categories and I think that so basically it was my decision if and I had so to, you were like personal and medical and he was like estate and finances yes, correct that's just how Britney's is set up to like two sides yeah. of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. and you know I guess I don't know why but that's what dad had decided and you know I had to do that the only reason I was caught into effect is because dad had a defibrillator and by law he they have to keep going if they get like a random shock or charge and yeah yeah they kept doing it so I had to say as the guardian stopped. But I mean, that was mm-hmm. a very straightforward case. But there are... signing DNR orders are, are very difficult. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But I but remember again, when I had to do
1: that with my dad, it was nice.
0: Absolutely. But I think, again, like, no one talks about that. No one tells you, hey, no. one day, you're actually going to need to do a will and you're going to have to appoint someone as your guardian. And I think it comes as a big shock to people in their 30s, 40s dealing with their parents if they're lucky to, you know, to see them on so that's a pretty straightforward one. But even still, there was no, I didn't even know it was a real shock to me. There was no conversation. Mm-hmm. And my dad was not very Yeah. Much. I just got this piece of paper one day and was like, but I think the problem is you don't know what you, what power you're signing away. I, I didn't know what power I was <laughs> like. What, what am I giving no. myself access to do to this person? It kind of comes as a rude shock to a lot of Australians. I think unless your parents really sit down and talk to you about it or perhaps you work in the legal field or medical, it wasn't part of my everyday existence and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm relatively educated i went to uni i did honors blah, blah 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 but i had never come across that because why would i i suppose like and this is a huge issue and you know your dad
1: had it set up at least um yeah. you know he might not have understood it completely but he at least had something this is a big issue that happens in the u.s for if people don't have wills or if oh, there weren't miss. discussions like this especially if there's Advanced healthcare care directives really help with these situations, especially with like life support and do not the resuscitate orders and whatnot. If the person has done an advanced healthcare health care directive, which is basically saying going along a lot, a lot of scenarios and telling people in if advance how you would like it to be handled. Yeah, if yeah, this like happened, a flow do this. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It, it really helps clarify anyone who's over 18 should have an advanced health care directive out. I don't care if you're healthy. It doesn't matter. You need to have one done. Yeah. You can get it at your local hospital in the United States. Like just go to a hospital and get it registered somewhere. Also keep a copy. This one clarifies so much because we've they, a lot of family members think they know how their family member would want things to be responded by. But when there's studies been done, they've found that family members and strangers are both about the same at, at guessing. And so this really helps clarify and makes it so clear. There's no argument. What would dad would have wanted done? He Uh told you what he wants done. It's there, you know, Um, but with these probate, this is the first time actually I heard of probate court was there was a, um, you know, a family friend where there, a family member died and there was no will. And there was just big disagreement between the siblings. And if you can't settle these things amongst the family, it goes to probate court. It does.
0: It's a mess. I mean, I grew
1: up in. I grew up in a rural area where no one trusts the government. Like we, we just, no one does, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, it was very much translated of like, don't let your money go to probate. They'll rob you blind. They'll rob you blind. So like, when I heard the term probate with Brittany's court, I was I, case, I was like, oh, that's mm. the court that will rob you. You know? Like, yeah. I'm like, look, like the the locals I grew up with knew that these, this court is a racket. So like, this is, this isn't even a hidden thing. Um, But yeah, that's how a lot of of people end up uh, going through probate court, even not maybe through a conservatorship because the person has already passed on
0: mm. but their money is tied up in probate court and even that is messy like that is you can challenge for executorship it's it's, it's it was messy in my um, basic yeah.
1: yeah basically no the fan no one in the family is going to win if you send it to probate the government's going to win
0: absolutely yeah, and it's just, just so stressful it's so stressful and exhausting and you're already depleted obviously exactly you're in a stricken state so do, you're probably better versed than i am to because it's interesting as a different country looking in at another country going, oh, shit, that's how they do their guardianships or conservatorships. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know everything that happens um, in the, I'm trying to find the, the um, Twitter of, there is an Australian
0: guardianship alliance of sorts. The organization is Australian Association to Stop Guardianship and Administration Abuse. Seems like a lot of it plays out the same as the United States. Um, you know, I'm
1: sure things are slightly different. I really can't speak to that totally, but it's basically the same thing of, the same strategy of Medicaid, liquidate, steal the estate. Yeah, there's yeah. there's you guys have local advocacy there for sure, because, you know, something I've noticed yeah. um, this may upset some people. But something I've noticed is that these guardianships really seem to be a racket and really seem to be a problem in a lot more of these, quote unquote, Western countries, hmm. um, these countries that are a little bit more uh, focused on capital. Mm -hmm. than societal programs. And, um, it's just something I've noticed. And it is a, it is a testament to that. This is all about the money period. You know, like in this, in the country I live in there, there are no guardianships. There are definitely all kinds of programs to help people and all kinds of different alternatives, but guardianships as a a concept, they do not exist because that simply just would not be tolerated here. Like mm. this idea that the government can just take a family member and now like the money's gone. It just it wouldn't work here. Um, yeah. So I think this kind of goes along to this line of a lot of Western countries have a lot of this mentality of um, what a rule of law. We've mm-hmm. gotten a little too comfortable of thinking that these are the rules. These are the laws and they must be good. Right. They must yeah, be here to protect us. Yeah. yeah, no. And, and I look, think the, yeah.
0: the court system has totally taken advantage of that, of legal fevery just period. That's what this is. And people won't question anymore because, you know, you find yourself like I was in a situation going, I just don't know enough about the law. So that's problem one. And it doesn't matter how educated, I don't have a a legal background. And then whoever you're trying to seek out, that is like, that just takes hours and hours trying to go through people that can help you. And then when you finally do find someone that can help you, it's going to be like, okay, great, but this is going to cost you $250 an hour. And you're like, oh, my God, I just need to ask you some questions. And it's just, it was the most soul draining experience of my life. Like it was just, it tore my family, like, you know, and it was, it just became incredibly messy. And I just think if this was just discussed and people knew what was going on, So it's really tricky when
1: you get, um, you know, really advanced with Alzheimer's. Um, You know, I worked in nursing homes for years and uh, certainly, you know, I talk about supported decision-making a lot. I really think that's the future. That's what we need to utilize as an alternative to guardianships. Supported decision-making can be used up to an extent with Alzheimer's. Um, I I am not, I am not going to, I am not disillusioned into thinking, oh, we can have someone who's deep into Alzheimer's use supported decision-making. I know that's not true. I, I've, I know. Um, yeah. But I still will completely disagree that these guardianships should be utilized because there are other ways. There are definitely mm-hmm. other ways. And, um, you know, that's something I noticed when I was working in these facilities, too, is that guardianships weren't utilized as much as um, kind of maybe we think they were a lot. The most common thing I saw was power of attorney. Mm. And there's all kinds of problems with power of attorney and the abuse that can happen with that. But it's nothing compared to what a guardian can do, because I mean, just even think about it, like what can a, you know, all
0: parents are guardians of their children and they can do just about anything with their children. Yeah. And it's like, i always think. well, where does the term come from? Is it like, you're their guardian angels? Like you have complete Mm -hmm. and utter omniscient power over Mm -hmm. every aspect of their life. Yeah, and how hypocritical that in, in
1: California it's called conservator and yet they're not conserving her money for at all like they're completely draining her so it's exactly they're branded yeah. under
0: these terms that sort of have this etymology of you know or they have connotations associated with positive things or like protecting you know that's really ingrained into you know into society mm-hmm. as well we're here to protect you and look after you and it's it's the complete and utter opposite so that in itself to me is like a massive betrayal as someone who loves language and loves words, it's like use the language that is specific to what, you, you know, like to what you're actually talking mm-hmm. about. Like say what you mean. I mean what you say. I've always been a big fan of that. But that's, that's why I've enjoyed in a sense when Brittany was doing her testimonies, the frustration that she expressed, I think, because the, so many people don't have that vocabulary or that platform or that opportunity to be like, this is beyond like something that they've ever experienced before like this is palpable how i'm feeling about this situation and so i'm glad that it is bringing them hate like i want it to bring yeah
1: and i honestly think it was yeah. nothing short of a miracle for Brittany to be able to do that testimony Absolutely. and say everything she needed to say um the biggest thing that's just remarkable is that and always my biggest worry in this case has always been like are they gonna get Brittany? Are they going to get in her head? Are they going to make her believe she needs this? Are they going to make her think she's not A, B, and C or whatever? And that testimony was just so reassuring because it's like, Brittany isn't buying their bullshit. Like she knows she's worthy. She knows she's precious. She knows she's strong. And she knows that this was wrong. And that is remarkable because it is so hard when you have been under so much abuse to not let that stuff get to you
0: you can get like Stockholm syndrome too. There's so many. Absolutely. Uh, But what I have really. And add in. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go. Go. No,
1: add in the complexity of the dynamic of this is a parent doing this to you and all the feelings that go with that. That's just,
0: it's, it's a lot. She's a parent. So she would be, there's just so (sighs) much tied up into it. It's really messy, but.
1: The amount of cycle breaking that Brittany is doing is incredible on every level.
0: Yeah. And I absolutely love that she has managed to stay within her heart you know she's not raging yeah she got a bit sassy for a minute and we all like a bit of sassy Brittany you know I mean I guess she kind of reserves that expression for the stage but she's managed to stay within her heart and I feel like so many people Mm -hmm. have roamed so far away from their true compass of their heart these days like across the board on every single topic of whatever's going on in the world it's like can we all just like can we just come back into our hearts instead of it's yeah
1: yeah, it's amazing that she has had that lotus of control, not giving it to other people, even though they've told her flat out, "I control you." You know, you got James Spears saying, "I am Britney Spears." What a weirdo! Yeah, um, that's just but no. But she, horror she's story. always seen her exactly like she's always seen like, no, my
0: heart, my truth. That's
1: who's actually in control here.
0: Yeah, her sovereignty has really, sh- um, has really been shining through, and I think that's really important. I think that's important for women really in particular to see like role like young people absolutely because it's so chaotic now like when we were growing up there was nowhere near this media bombardment of of everything and there's a lot of chaos going on in the world so I think what can you do when the storm's raging around you where you can go within you can sit in that heart space and she does definitely Mm -hmm. I think that's why I always say I think she's like a light worker. Like I always say, you
1: know, 100%. I'm going back to your Instagram. I'm going to get, I'm going to get a little silly here. Well, I, I think it's real, but a lot of people might say, think it's silly, Mm. but you know, just going to her Instagram, I think about, you know, if she had to kind of get these messages out past people, if it had to be approved and whatnot, how intentional has Brittany had to be with her language, how specific and thinking. And I saw somebody write the other day, like, she had a post and they were like, This post is a spell. And I was like, you know what? Brittany is putting spells all over her Instagram. Spells of of truth, of 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 hope, of strength, like that of protection. That Instagram
0: is loaded with all kinds of protection yeah, all and, over it. And what do they always teach you? You know, your words are powerful. That's why it's called spelling. You know, like words are spell. Exactly. Exact, words and I just said that spells. the other day to someone, I was like, you know. I've spent so much time, especially in the last couple of years on self-growth, really trying to adjust my language because I noticed just how terrible I spoke not only about myself, about other people, and they're just these silly practice beliefs that I have, and I agree with you. Like I think they're peppered all through that I think she knows exactly what she's doing. It, she's, it's like, you know, like people are like, look, let's look for the Easter eggs. I think that's exactly what she was doing. All along, and I think it's funny now in hindsight that you and I were speculating about like the roses and the crystals and that. It's like, yeah, that was part of like what she was, what she cares about, and what she's Mm -hmm. trying, what she's all about, and what she's exploring, at least in that spiritual sense. And we hadn't really seen that spiritual aspect of her, you know, it's like this highly sexualized amazing Mm -hmm. performer and it's like yeah but we're multifaceted there's so many parts to us you can be both (laughs) you can Mm -hmm. actually be both so yeah
1: I like that she's taking so many of these quote-unquote new age practices which are um a lot of them are just are are, they're not new age at all they're they're tried and tested and uh they've been around forever uh, she's really utilizing, you know, whether it be um, being in her garden, dancing, praying, whatever. Um, she's using utilizing all of that as part of her healing process, as part of strengthening herself. And I think that's so important um, because, you know, even Brittany herself said in that testimony, like, I don't really even believe in therapy. I mean, like later she said, she's like, okay, maybe I could use a little therapy, but like, I like but, how she's. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, no, I no, you, you go, keep going. I just got excited. Yeah, I like, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just like how, um, you know, we say to people all the time, like, go to therapy, go to therapy. Uh, But I think that needs to come with a little bit more of a manual because not all types of therapy work for people. Uh, You know, we have substantial information that cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't really work the best for people who are neurodivergent. You know, that's just one example of many. Um, and I so love it. I like that she's blending other things with it because
0: I, I think you really need to have a whole mix of things. It's it's crucial. I mean, and look, there is a place for neuro-linguistic programming and cognitive behavioral therapy. And I, I started off in that a long time ago because I just really needed a framework for my language that I was using. But you know, my the spiritual side, which I'm not going to go into on this um, podcast, but there, there has to be a whole approach i really feel like it has to be a holistic approach it's it's not just one thing it's the diet it's the exercise it's the meditating it could be the the remedy flowers that you take it, it's the nature walking it's the kinesiology it's the the practices that are a bit like oh this is a bit woo woo but it's like everything is energy and i think you're like a fine instrument and once you're tuning into you we all mm-hmm. have an incredibly different dna and so nothing you know therapy doesn't like you said for neurodivergency it doesn't work and I am a big fan of neuroplasticity and I would just wish people would read more of that because it's like, if we just believe that our brains are capable of doing so much more, they would do so much more. But we've really. Yeah. I mean, boxed it's ourselves. interesting
1: how much we, um, we kind of undermine the placebo effect when, when really we should be completely baffled by the the placebo mm. effect. The fact that our brains can full on heal ourselves
0: over just a, a stroke, thought. yeah oh that that's too. phenomenal yeah, yeah. you like know I've, it's, I've, it's I would just love to I feel like everyone instead of education at school they should have like you know neuroplasticity and, and all that sort of fun yeah stuff
1: out there. <laughs> even having claiming something is evidence-based and I want to be really clear I am not like going against western medicine I, I don't have an total issue with it I just don't think it's the end-all be-all that's very much where I stand I'm not saying like oh nothing that's been found is 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 all of it's worthless that's not what I'm saying just saying that it's really interesting that so many of these old practices that have been tested and tried for millennia suddenly now with more um it's interesting how you know these practices that have been tested and 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 practiced for for millennia are are now kind of being like oh there's no evidence for it it's um you know sometimes they'll say like it's superstitious it's you know uncivilized whatever that means Mm, and I just find it very interesting that so many of these things that they can't exactly um make money off of are being deemed this these labels and um Yeah, Yeah, it's a tricky world out
0: there. Like, I don't, I don't get into those conversations with people because I really think it's something that they have to do themselves. And I have my own beliefs about it. And I've been in various (laughs) systems Mm -hmm. for like psychiatry and psychology. Yeah. Plus, I've studied it, so I've seen, and I've been on medication, so I've seen Mm -hmm. enough for me to form my own opinions. And I think, yeah, I guess what you and I have always been is like, just get curious and just get question. You know, ask the questions. It's okay to. Rather than just being fed everything, it's okay to take a pause and, and just be like, hang on, does this suit, you know, does this sit with me? Is there something else I could be looking at? Because but, it's, it, takes, yeah. it takes a little autonomy away from the
1: person itself, themselves too, right? Um, you know, it's interesting how doctors have started out, you know, as more of seen as healers as someone who's to help you heal. And now they're kind of in this position, a bit more of an authority position. It's Mm. like, they tell you what's wrong with you rather than you being like, Hey, this is what's going on with me. Can I get your expert educated advice opinion to help me figure out feels like the dynamic, the power dynamic is, um, is only getting greater every year. And, you know, doctors, have gone through a lot of school. I'm not undermining that at all. I just do think that patients are the ultimate experts on themselves and they should be working as a team with their doctor rather than the doctor just be telling them, this is what you need to do. And I just kind of, I don't really think that's an accident that doctors have gone in this position now of being so more seen as authority yeah. figure and especially when you add in that doctors are used to uh, justify a lot of these conservatorships like oh well we got an evaluation they can't do this da, 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 da. I think we need to start questioning that a little bit we really are all so different all of our bodies are so different all of our, our where we've come from is so different and yeah that there's definitely never going to be a universal answer um, people and that's why I think it's just so important to give people that confidence back to be able to feel secure in their own decisions and figure out what works for me because we're the only ones living, you know, in our own bodies. So we have to be the ones making these decisions.
0: Yeah. I guess maybe a good place to wrap that up is that what we're talking about, you know, the power of the verbal word, you know, the, the power of that is so important. And I really, really hope that Brittany does eventually tell her story in the detail that she wants because I think it will be phenomenally healing not only for herself but just imagine the ripple effect that will have Mm -hmm. on mental health on just so many topics.
1: Absolutely we know that when um, you know when survivors share their stories about whatever abuse that they've they've been under it helps empower so many people this knowing that I'm not alone it wasn't about me it's not just me this is something that happened and I can speak up and I can you know, there's a lot of camaraderie in and having that shared experience. And I do think that this is going to help so many people.
0: Thank you so much for joining me again, Ryan. That was amazing as always. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with or is there anything we should be keeping our eyes, ears peeled for in terms of the Britney case? Oh my, I think um, we have to always remember to be very critical. Uh,
1: let's not get carried away with a lot of these headlines. They can be quite misleading. Um, let's wait till court documents come out. And uh, I think let's all just pay attention to the next court hearing, which is September 29th. It should be a big one. We will decide, it will be decided if James stays or leaves and oh, boy, it's, we'll, we'll see. see.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.